Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Summer is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cooking out, diving in, and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger grills and smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. It feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. I'm Tamara Thomas, Editor-in-Chief of UrbanHealthToday.com, part of the DocWire family of medical news sites. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. And we were talking about a 19th century practice to help with long COVID. In 2012, doctoral student Hosanna Cranky was looking for topics for her dissertation on British literature. A recovering cancer patient, she was struck by the recurring theme of sickness and recuperation in 19th century models. Although Cranky had recently finished immunotherapy treatment, she still felt like a patient. Everyone around her behaved like it was all over and she couldn't express why she didn't feel the same. Why was it, Cranky wondered, that characters in famous Victorian novels from Charles Dickens' Bleak House to Frances Burnett's The Secret Garden felt free to spend so much time getting better? And why is it that nowadays people are expected to recuperate quickly after serious illness or injury? The answer lay in changing attitudes to recovery, she found. Before the advent of modern medical care in the 20th century, people were vulnerable to a raft of infectious diseases from typhoid to tuberculosis. Those who were fortunate enough to survive infection were expected to take a long time to recover fully, Cranky found. This process of restoration, a stage between acute illness and full health, was a major focus of physicians and families. For centuries, the care of convalescents came with its own set of theories and rules intended to prevent relapse and integrate patients back into normal life. With medical advancements, however, tolerance for long recovery waned. Modern medicine is uncomfortable dealing with things where we don't have a quick fix, says Lancelot Pinto, a consultant pulmonologist at the PD Hindu Hospital and Medical Research Center in Mumbai. When there were no cures, patients were allowed to live out the natural history of the disease. For diseases that have a cure now, there is no leeway. It's presumed that if you are cured microbiologically, if the tests come back normal, you don't deserve any more rest. 
and that maybe the symptoms are imagined or psychological in some way. Now, those older ideas about recovery could provide some important perspective for the pandemics as researchers like Cranky, who studies literature and medical history, as millions of patients who've had COVID-19 find themselves frustrated with the persistence of symptoms for weeks or months beyond their infection. All kinds of illness have lingering effects, but culturally, we don't have a way to talk about it, says Cranky, now an assistant lecturer at the University of Wyoming. I think convalescence is a helpful paradigm for the present moment. You know, that's a very good point. I didn't even realize that we don't do this anymore. Did you realize that? Well, I have a friend who is, uh, she just got diagnosed with uh, long COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's really only been like nine weeks since she had, um, I guess, since she tested uh, negative. Mm -hmm. Oh, negative. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So by now it's like nine weeks. And she feels like she's not getting support from everybody around her. Like they're like, well, cause she's still feeling symptoms now and then and not like in a regular way. Like it's almost like a cycle, you know where she's feeling pretty good one day but she's still not hundred percent. And she feels like everybody's like, well, you just have to, you know like she's feeling yeah, like people are thinking she's lazy. Yeah, that she needs to suck it up. And, um, and yeah, I feel like this is really um, this is really an important thing. The fact is we don't know how people heal and, and convalescing, um, it has a purpose. I don't think the body springs back. It's not one and done. Yes, you have to give the body a chance to do its work. I certainly did my best to convalesce in 2020 when I had COVID. I rested as much as I could. I steamed myself almost nightly, slept when I felt like it. And it took me about three or four months to feel better three or four months, but then yeah. again, that was during when everything was closed and it was a little easier to do, but right. still, you know, I did it and that helped. I can't imagine having COVID, having those intense symptoms now. In remember they used to have sanatoriums, remember for people with like tuberculosis? Yes, yes, exactly. And just lay in bed and let the body do what it does. You know, we'll try to give you whatever therapeutics you can, but you've got to rest, rest, it's, rest, rest. This is an insurance thing. Do you think because if you don't have like a cutoff, like in people like sort of convalescing, then they're like That's a good point. There is no room for convalescence in because I remember when my mom had my sister. It yes. used to be when you had a cesarean section, you stayed in the hospital, I think it was like a week or something yes, like that. Wow. And then she was out in three days with yeah, a baby think, yeah. and yeah with three days with the baby yes a yes fresh wound and i was yeah. shocked i was like what how are you out so soon mm-hmm. but that's 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 what it is now it's like that's an excellent point the insurance just it's like well if the insurance is not going to pay then we've got to kick you to the curb but then also it's this whole idea that your medicine lasts seven days or your medicine lasts two weeks or whatever and then that's it, then you should be fine now. Like your symptoms are gone. Um, the medicine has worked and it's a miracle. And now you get back to life. It's this whole, you know, instant gratification. You know, there used to be also this thing, you know, with the childhood diseases that people used to get that you would see in the 19th century. Um, there was also something to the fact that while you were convalescing as a kid, that that had like character building component too, that that was part of like, forcing a young kid to look inwards like it was part of the mental health and mental growth yes it's wellness yeah it was all part of the whole but it was all part of like 
you developing as a human being too. And a lot of like, and having respect for your body, having respect for the, the awesome power of the human body. That's right. Looking inward. But besides your body, yeah. also your mind developing things outside of your body in your, in your mind and developing your attention span and all these, you know, enduring boredom and convalescing is not exciting. So that was part of character building too, you know, and, oh, and it's okay. just a different. You mean like being able to sit still or lay still for a yes, period of time? Yes, not be oh, entertained to be like, that was all part of the growing up process. Almost everybody got ill at some point growing up mm -hmm. and convalesced at some right. point. Right. And so that's sort of out of the mix. And now we're not allowed to convalesce, even though you need it. Right. Right. No. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a, an excellent point. Mm. Lou? Yeah. Well, you know, all I remember is when I got, you know, some of these back in the 19th century. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I got some of these childhood diseases. Yeah, you know, the convalescing was cool, but you know, my, my family would give me a bunch of books and schoolwork and make me do right. Something. You would read. Yeah, yes. I, I would be forced to read, and, and all yes. I wanted to do is get well and get back to my life already. You know, it would it would actually it would actually show me how much I would rather be living and out there than just sitting around and doing nothing. And uh, but you're not doing nothing. But I know what you mean. It feels like you're doing that. Yeah, so the whole but your body's doing a lot. Yeah, the whole convalescing thing, you know, for me psychologically was never any good. But you know, when you ah, but it made you know what you didn't like. <laughs> yeah, but when you're when you're really sick physically, you know, you just want to just lay there and not get up, and then and then at some point, you know, when you when you want to get this, so the the human body I think has a clock for that. And I think it's important to respect the human body. Yes, yeah, and, and again, and again, not make convalescent a function of a work schedule or my weekend is over. I got to get back to work, even though I still feel like crap, et cetera, et cetera. That's the other thing too, with the amount of sick days people have and stuff like that. Yeah, they don't have available vacation and sick days and, right. and things like that. They have them, but people people use them for. Uh, you know, people, well, some people do mis misuse them, but I, I'm just saying in a perfect world where you have a job and you have sick days, let's say you have, I don't know, what does the average worker get for sick days? Not executive, but like Two. a worker. Two, Two sick days? Ten. A week? 10 days? Really? 10 days, 10 days a year or something like that, right? Yeah, All right, but you don't get, you don't get vacation though. You don't get like, well, so like sometimes you, you end up having- All right, let's take something like maternity. Now- right. You and I both know that it takes more than just three months to recuperate from having a baby. And right. your baby is really so young. That and first, your baby is that so first, needy. Yeah. That first three months, you know, technically they're still kind of like should be in the womb size, but because of the way humans are built, they come out earlier. Right. Right. So at least that's what the science says. Um, and so this baby really essentially needs you. And then you have to go back to work and you have to put your baby who needs you in someone else's care and right. you're still not fully recovered. You know, they say six right. months or something like that for your uterus to shrink back down, but that's just your uterus shrinking back down. Six months out, my labs were still all over the place. Yeah. The little one. 
because all the hormones were still running through me. Yeah, I, my labs I, were all over too. Yes. Yeah, you know, you you don't fully recover. Like, th- I don't know who who came up with this idea that three months is enough. Well, it was what it, what it did. You know, when I when I was uh, what know, efficiency yeah. experts. That's what I think. A bean counter. Yeah. Yeah. A male I, be- yeah. bean counter who will never have a baby. <laughs> when when I was in charge of a large flock of people. Um, what it did is it, it... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It worried me as a boss because time and time again, women would opt to work until the baby was out there just so that they could get their full every second oh. so literally work up until the point when they were in labor so the water breaks it yeah freak me out and i would start you know maybe we work in back then working from home wasn't that you know that, that wasn't easy. a big thing right and there wasn't really all the technologies from it but i i would always find like some excuse to send them home and um and uh, you know, not start the time until the babe came out. But it's difficult. It's a difficult. Um, it's a difficult choice to make. It really is because that last month, it's like all you want to do is sit down and be off your feet and just everything is so heavy. Yeah, yeah. Know? And it's like then you have to work now. Just imagine you're working like a factory or something like that, and you're doing that because mm-hmm. you have to make that difficult choice. You know, some countries give you um, six months and some of these Scandinavian countries, they give you an entire year. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And you get like, um, you get somebody comes to check on you at your house. There's that too. You get a oh. certain amount of like home health aid coming to check oh, on you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's very nice. That's part, that's paid for by the state. Like Belgium has that too. I'm just convinced that, you know, this country doesn't care about women. I'm yeah, deep. I am too. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just baked into everything. It's everything is just right. so patriarchal. So, you know, this, this idea of convalescing, you know, we should really kind of get back to that. I don't know if we ever can, but with the great res- resignation, now I think people have time to <laughs> convalesce if they need to. Although we've got all these therapeutics and vaccinations, so I don't see why people should still, but hey, you know, if your immune system is not great, that it doesn't mean that you're 100% immune to, to getting some variant of COVID. But I like this idea of convalescence. I, I do too. Believe, I can't believe medicine has just changed so much that uh, we've just moved away from the, the body and the mind. 
FDA approves weekly patch to treat Alzheimer's related dementia. Hmm. The US Food and Drug Administration, FDA, has approved a weekly skin patch used to treat symptoms of Alzheimer's related dementia. The treatment is a patch formulation of the oral drug Dinepazil, or Aricept is the drug name, which has been available for many years and is one of the most commonly prescribed drugs for patients with Alzheimer's disease. The new medication, which will be sold under the brand name Adlarity, is not the first skin. Why are they changing the name? Why can't it just be the Aricept patch? Anyway, Adlarity is not the first skin patch approved for Alzheimer's disease, but it is the first to be administered once weekly. This regimen is expected to benefit certain patients. It would be better for forgetful patients who have to remember taking their medications or patients who have paranoia and refuse to take medications, for example. Ah. Neurologist Reedy Patiri, MD, who's an assistant professor and investigator at the University of Pittsburgh Alzheimer's Disease Research Center. Mm. Another advantage of the patch is the potential for fewer side effects. According to Dr. Patira, the most common adverse reactions to the oral denepazil are gastrointestinal problems such as nausea and diarrhea. Those should not be completely eliminated as they are directly caused by the drug's mechanism of action, but they will likely be less severe with the skin patch compared to the oral formulation. Adlarity can be placed directly on a patient's back, thigh, or buttocks, according to a press release from Corium Inc., the drug's maker. The once-weekly patch delivers a continuous and consistent dose of donepazil through the skin. That's certainly a good idea to have a yeah, patch. That is a good idea. It helps with caregivers, that's for sure. Because yeah. And it, it, there really is something to that. Sometimes you get a patient that's really like a little bit paranoid that that does mm -hmm. happen or is like averse to taking pills. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I don't need it. Well, I don't need it. Why am I taking it? The Trosinalzheimer patient to take their pill on time is right. Yeah, yes, that's not going to happen. So right, it's practical. This sounds very practical. I wonder if you can, um, if if you can, can you leave it on for showers and baths and stuff like that? I wonder, will that loosen it? Or I wonder. They didn't really talk about that in the article. You know, it sounds like a set it and forget it, like. How do the uh, how do the other patches, you know, like estrogen patch and all that? I don't know. I know that I've, I've taken, I've used patches for um, the B the B vitamin, you know, to keep mosquitoes away. I've used those patches, and that patch um, you can't shower you can, with, or you can you can shower with that patch. Oh, yes. I mean, it leaves a weird mark on your skin afterward, but you can shower with it, and I think it lasts a few days or something like that. All right, shower with it, but I don't know. It's it, you know, that's a vitamin patch versus, um, you know, some drug formulation. So I don't know, but that would be a good question to answer. Anyway, they get deeper into the pathways for how this works, but you can read all about it on UrbanHealthWeekly.com. Well, 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 well. Study finds lumpectomy may be as effective as mastectomy for patients with non-metastatic breast cancer younger than forty. Young women with non-metastatic breast cancer have similar survival rates whether they are treated with mastectomy or lumpectomy, lumpectomy, sorry, despite tumors that are typically more aggressive and discovered at a later stage compared to their older counterparts. These findings were from a recent study examining women with non-metastatic breast cancer younger than age 40 presented 
by Pastana et al. at the American Society of Breast Surgeons 23rd Annual Meeting. The study is among the largest on the impact of surgical approach on survival outcomes in a young patient population. The results are particularly significant because younger women are increasingly being diagnosed with breast cancer despite low rates overall, and a growing number are undergoing mastectomy and even prophylactic bilateral mastectomy rather than breast conserving surgery, said lead study author Christine Pestano, a breast surgical oncology fellow at Atrium Health, the Vine Cancer Institute. Studies like this show that lumpectomy, a far less aggressive approach with fewer potential complications and morbidity is equally as effective as removing an entire breast. Dr. Pistana believes that many young women may be influenced by their age and equate an aggressive approach with better long-term survival. However, with mastectomy comes greater risk of problems such as infection, wound issues, chronic pain, and subsequent multiple reconstructive procedures. A decision on breast cancer surgical treatment has many implications and these women will live with them the rest of their lives, she said, noting that younger women with breast cancer may constitute a unique and underrepresented population. Studies specifically focusing on these patients would likely yield important information that may help physicians better understand, counsel, and treat these patients and help women in their decision-making. One thing the study didn't discuss is whether any of these women had any um, genetic mutations to predispose them to cancer. Oh yeah, because that would, wouldn't that change your decision-making process? Well, maybe. Um, what I didn't like about this um, article, to me, it felt a little offensive because I didn't like the subtle implication that women over 40 are somehow immune to these same complications and considerations. Like, are you trying to tell me that- Or maybe they just feel like, oh, it's tolerable. They'll have to handle it. They're well, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's almost like once they figure you're, you're past your, your childbearing years that right. you just throw your parts away. So you, are you trying to tell me then that lumpectomy for me won't be beneficial if I develop non-metastatic breast cancer? So I started doing some digging. And I found a much larger retrospective study Ooh. of stage one and two breast cancer patients from China. And they concluded that BRCA uh, one or two variant carriers treated with breast cancer conserving therapy, AKA lumpectomy, have a survival comparable to those treated with mastectomy. Ah. So I was wondering like, well, is this, is this different somehow because I have BRCA two? No, not really. So in general, lumpectomy has, gives you the same results as mastectomy. So you don't need to go the radical mastectomy point. Now, there's also the issue of contralateral breast cancer, which is cancer occurring in the other breast sometime after the first breast is diagnosed. That usually happens like about six months or more later. And that's something that brachycarriers have to think about. Ah, uh, so they may end up with double lumpectomies. Right. But I want to point out that the odds of getting a repeat cancer are higher in general for women who have had a first cancer, period. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So if yes. you've ever had a cancer, your chances of getting another cancer are higher in general. And this, the larger- that's specifically uh, another breast cancer? Yeah. And that's regardless of whether you carry a gene mutation or not. Okay. So, I mean, it probably means nothing, but it was just worth putting out there. And the, so the study, the first study of the young women was about 600 patients. 
and none of them, you know, to my knowledge, were ID'd as having or being tested for a gene mutation. So there are some flaws in that study, but I just didn't like the, the I didn't like the, the tone, that. like suddenly you're put out to pasture when you're a certain age. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, you don't need sports anymore. Right. So we may as well just take them. Right. So, you know, it's a conversation to have with your doctor, but it should be an informed conversation that you have with your doctor. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time. It's official. Summer is almost here. The sun is getting brighter. The days are getting longer and your lawn is ready for some love. Get everything you need for a season spent outside with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. Manicure your yard to perfection with lawn care tools from RYOBI. Then get your garden going with vegetables and herbs from Bonnie Plants Harvest Select. Plus mulch and soil from Vigoro and EarthGrow. Get your lawn as ready as you are for summer in the sun. Feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 